Yes. Um, I think Leneva's going to be here and singing. She asked me, she said, are we going to sing together or do I get to sing by myself? <laughs> and I said, well, whichever you want or both, whatever. So <laughs> so you're going to have at least one solo by Leneva. <laughs> so um, so yeah, make your plans to be here for for that. And then the, it's two weeks from now that is Homecoming Sunday. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. All that food. Oh, my golly. It's very, yes, and if you, hey, if you have room in your freezer, there's been, there's a bunch, a bunch of pies from the, uh, from Harris Teeter this morning, and uh, if you, if you need a dessert to bring with you, put a pie or two in the freezer and bring it on, uh, on homecoming Sunday. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. I'll wrap it up a little, put it in there. So, we do hope that you are planning to be here on that Sunday. We will be live streaming, but we, we'd love to see you live and in person as well. Uh, also, if you have not yet brought your items for this month, they are, um, they are rainbow items. So crayons, markers, colored pencils, uh, coloring books, anything like that that is rainbow colored, we would love for you to bring with you. And uh, if, you don't have, if you don't have time, bring some money. If you don't have money, bring a box. Y'all know. The, the drill with that. So bring your items for our shoe boxes. Thank you so much for your participation in that. Also, if you are a dad, have a dad, or a man, and uh, it just in general, come on to our men's, we just call it men's, breakfast on, on um, Father's Day, which is June 19th. Ladies can eat too, but ladies are going to be bring in some food and and we're going to have men uh, we're, we'll serve y'all and and then serve ourselves again ladies are allowed to eat I, I, I felt like that was not as clear as it, as it should have been I'm planning to eat so I hope y'all eat too but we're going to uh, we're going to be over in the fellowship hall having a, a great time of fellowship together with the the men on June 19th we will not be over here for a regular service time we're going to be over there a little more casual and so you don't have to wear your button-up shirt or your tie if you don't want to and uh, we're going to just have have a great time together any other announcements we will let you know I think invite people yes yes absolutely please yeah please do invite people for the for the men's breakfast because there are people who will come for breakfast, who might not would come for church, a uh, regular church service. And, you know, it's a, a great time to, to fellowship. Bring your kids with you. If you don't normally, if your kids don't normally come to church, bring them. That would be a great time. And, and do please let us know so that we can plan accordingly. We will have a, a sign-up for things to bring, uh, things like juice or muffins or pastries of some sort if you have a great breakfast casserole that you just you make so so well or cinnamon rolls that just crossed my mind I don't know that was uh that was an inspiration there's something you know uh, just <laughs> you can bring any of those things but we'll have a, a sign up for you to to list the things that you'd like to bring so any other things we will let you know and we will at some point be collecting um your your email and phone number because we'd like to get some uh, some different email things sent out and just let everybody know the kinds of announcements that are going on. I know y'all hear the announcements on Sunday morning, but sometimes having one in front of you might help as well. We do have a projector. It came last night. 
<laughs> so <laughs> by next week, we, uh, we should have it up and running. Thank you so much for all your giving. You met the goal and exceeded it, and we are grateful. So, so grateful. Thank you so much for, for all your efforts and your help. Um, and again, we, it will be, yeah, it will be there. But we are, we are um, dim today, too. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Um, just this past week, I was talking to somebody who had a really awful situation happen um, this week. And just, it didn't happen to them, but someone in their church. And I, just in talking to them, this person said, what do you say? What do you say when, when this terrible, terrible thing happens? What do you say when everything looks awful? And you're looking at the situation and thinking, God, where are you? And uh, you know, as we talked and different things, and I said, well, right at first, you're not going to be able to say much of anything because there's going to be questions, and that's okay, and there's going to be hurt, and that's okay as long as that person is, is turning to the Lord and talking to Him, even if, it's, even if it's in questioning. At least there's still communication. I said, so there's not really anything for a while that, that you'll be able to say. And she said to me, I remember something that in a conversation I was having just not too long ago, and it hit me so hard that God is only good. And he is only good. In times that we look and think, this is horrible. And it's true, it may, it may look awful, and we wonder, Lord, how are you going to work through this? But he is only good. Only. So that's the only thing that we can cling to in certain circumstances when, when our hearts are not ready to receive any answers, but to understand that God is only good. Let's sing this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask him to have his will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy and your blessings and grace. God, we thank you that you are only good. Lord, when we are in the midst of, of hurt, when we are in the middle of pain and sorrow and things that feel like we will never make it, God, I thank you and I praise you that you are with us. Lord, that you never leave us, you never forsake us, that you are with us even until the end of the world, and we are grateful, God. We just ask now that you would have your will and your way in each and every person's life. God, I pray for those who have come in with burdens or pain. God, for those who are watching with burdens and pain. God, who, those who have come in with, with weariness and heavy hearts for whatever reason. God, I just pray that you would lift them up and give them strength and encouragement. God, I pray that we would understand today, that we would recognize and know that you are only good. And in the middle of terrible, terrible things that we can cling to you. God, I just pray pray that we would today, that we would reach up and that you would reach down. God, I pray that your will be done and everything that is said and done, that we honor you and please you. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore at his table. Sing that again. I will feast. I will feast at the table of the Lord. 
Oh 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for inviting us. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you, thank you. count on one thing the same God that never fails will not fail me now you won't fail me now in the waiting the same God who's never late is working all things out you're working all things out Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy, though my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I will. same God who never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now and in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. So yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy, though my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will for all my days. Yes, I will, and I choose to praise to glorify, glorify the name of all names that nothing can stand against and that choose to praise to glorify, glorify the name of all names that nothing can stand against and I'll choose to praise to glorify, glorify the name of all names that nothing can stand against and I choose to praise to glorify, glorify the name of all names that nothing can stand against so yes I will lift you high in the lowest valley
is a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody I raise a hallelujah heaven comes to fight for me I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder you're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes hope will Louder and louder, you're gonna. 
worthy of praise. Thank you, Lord. Jehoshaphat, when you go out against all of your enemies, all you got to do is sing. Woo! And worship me. <laughs> Hallelujah! For the battle is not yours. It belongs to God. <laughs> Glory! We need to quit battling so much. It belongs to God. And, and Jehoshaphat recorded it in the beginning. <laughs> Amen. Isn't God good? He's worthy of praise, isn't he? Praise his name. Just a reminder, you do have this card in your hand at home. It may be as a marker in your Bible that you read each day. Our mission, and we've seen that for many years out in front in the vestibule when you leave, and that is uh, salvation, ongoing development, uplifting conversation, love never fails, serve in love, or souls is the mission, and is, I believe, the mission of all churches is to win, whew, somebody jump over the truck, win souls for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Daniel 12 and 3 that said, He that winneth souls is wise. Then on the other side of that card is our vision for that mission. And our vision is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And in Acts, it tells us where that is. Start in Jerusalem, then go to Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth and those are listed what they represent for us oh boy praise God <laughs> catch the vision when you walk out the door you see the sign let's catch that vision of the mission Woo. boy I'm feeling good in my sanctified soul God's good isn't he hallelujah 
Hallelujah. Now, I remember Brother Nance often, Sister Ushery, and some of these that have passed, Brother um, Alton, many that have passed, and we've done the funerals in this church service time. And so their memory lives on with us, and Sister Shuggy is going to be sure that the memory of Brother Shuggy lives on with us. Even though she don't have to remind us, it does live on. For one of the parting gifts that I, the many parting gifts that I will receive, <laughs> one of many parting gifts, is everybody listening and watching, <laughs> one of many parting gifts as pastor, West Virginia Mountaineer Tie. Praise God, I'm looking forward to work proudly next Sunday as I preach the final message as pastor of the church in Cornelius, North Carolina. Oh, praise God. I, I thank God for 27 years and a few months. I thank God that, uh, that you have been a warrior for this church. When I thought this morning, as Jennifer's mentioning those boxes and Sometimes we might get a little bit, uh, well, we've heard it over and over every Sunday. Let's hear it again next Sunday and then the next Sunday. Because as I sat and thought about that, how much your $2.57 or your $9 or your prayers, how much good it does. Hallelujah, when those kids start opening those boxes and they're excited and they're thrilled and you made that happen because of God and your work in it and your uh, pleasing God by your response, not only in this but other churches when they do that. And thank God for the ministries of Billy Graham ministries that just Samaritans take that to these kids I know what it's like we've been to India four or five times and when we give gifts and things to those kids they're so excited I remember the first time that we were there and we bought ice cream and cake and Coca-Cola for those kids and they don't get it I mean if they, if they ever got a Coke before that, I don't know it. They may have, but they're excited about it. And so when you give that $2.57 or $9, just know this. It's a blessing, and which reminds me of all the years that we've been here and the blessing that God has rained down upon these people of this local church. And, how, and we're going to show a little bit of that or mention a little bit of that at our, at our uh, homecoming Sunday that uh, how good God is and how much has come from this church to go out and bless others. You just wouldn't imagine the depth. Every prayer that you pray, every praise, and it's touching people here and elsewhere. I love it, don't you? And I thank God. 
Hallelujah. I thank God, and, and I am like David. I, oh, there's a praise in my mouth continually. I'm excited about it. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, he said, then I'll hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I'll heal their land. And God is good to his word even today, isn't he? Hallelujah. Amen and amen. I thank God for all of his goodness and his blessings to me. They are many. Like I was reading even this morning, uh, all those blessings that God's granted me, my brother, my sister, they're like David said, the thoughts that God had for me. He said, God, if I would remember them, there are more than I can number. I can't number the thoughts that God has toward me and the blessing. Woo! Hallelujah! Amen. God's good. Somebody brag on Jesus this morning. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, praise God. I'll tell you from what. Amen. Thank you, God. Praise God. He is so good. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm feeling good in my sanctified soul, ain't you? Praise the Lord. And I am like David. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. And then the third verse of that uh, psalm, he said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Amen. Let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah, devil. God is only good. Hallelujah. Praise God. Change gears now. Time for offering and tithe. Uh, Brother Mike and Sister Dean, they are not feeling well. And let's pray for them. Amen. Let's pray that God will touch them and uh, that all is well, all is well. Amen. As was mentioned, whenever you accepted the challenge, you didn't give $1,800. You gave $2,200. And you know why you gave $2,200? Because God knew that we had to have a cable that runs from the back of that all the way up over here and runs up here to that new... Pro God! Now, don't get me started here again. Now, hallelujah! I'll holler loud enough they can hear me in the White House. Amen and amen and amen. And I thank God that he has given to me 
uh, the monetary values and I can give back to him and be a good steward over what he puts in my possession. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. All those that dwell in that earth are his. Praise God. And he has made me steward over a little bit along the way. And I want to give it back like I'm scheduled to in his word. Would you get ready to give a good offering and tithe this morning as our usher is coming to wait upon you? He said, whenever you give, I'll open up the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing. That there'll be times you cannot receive it all. Father, we're thankful for that word and your word always. And Lord, <laughs> we live by that word. And God, you touch us through and by that word. God, you guide us through your word. And Lord, your help is in that word of God. And Father, thank you today for the time that we have to be here to share in our worship and worship also in giving of offering now. And Lord, we pray that you receive our love gifts, uh, that we give with thanksgiving and with joy. Your blessings upon every life, their son, they're not able to give. But I pray, God, give them of your blessing again and again and again. And Father, for all that you do, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. time to receive prayer requests this morning. But Mike. Yes, let's pray for Brother Mike's family and his neighbors as they travel. They make it home safe. Sister Shuggy.
Yes, let's pray that Sister Shuggy gets there and back home safely. Gretchen? Let's pray for Pop Pop's back. Yes. family I couldn't imagine just pray that they have a lot of support they're going to need it Robin country. I know the baby formula situation. Pray for those families. Anyone else? If not, raise hand for unspoken requests and stand with me as we take these to the Lord.
time to fellowship. Jesus. 
sinking sand So stomp your feet and clap your hands Our feet are on the rock On Christ the solid rock I stand All of the ground is sinking sand So stomp your feet and clap your hands Our feet are on the rock On Christ the solid rock I stand All of the ground is sinking sand So stomp your feet and clap your hands Our feet are on the rock So something very special and we always do this in our class on Wednesday nights, uh, anything fun and exciting. There is something that is both fun and exciting that is occurring today, right now. Yes. Anybody know what that may be? Oh, my. Getting ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Gretchen. Happy birthday to you. Yes. Today. Today is the day. Yes. She's eight years old today. That's right. Yeah. Eight years old. Oh, my golly. Whew, so old. I checked her for wrinkles this morning. Not there yet, but uh, <laughs> eventually. Uh, <laughs> apparently, she said to Amanda that she didn't feel eight yet but it is gonna come it's gonna i understand though it was my birthday recently and i don't feel the meh. i don't feel eight either i don't <laughs> uh you don't feel eight either no there's a lot of may birthdays may's, may's a great month to be born anyway so last week we saw the need to grow up apparently that really impressed dad he had mentioned it a few times grow up so lord help us today as well but last week we saw that we needed to grow up in different areas uh, the first area was comparison which can manifest itself as either insecurity or pride that we compare to one another either i'm not as good or at least i'm not that bad the second way that we need to grow up is in being deceived because often we follow after lesser things, things that cannot satisfy, things that cannot uh, bring us the comfort that we're looking for. And we hear the enemy say, you need this, you need this, you need that, you need to do this. We follow after what seems good. There's this whole idea lately of manifesting to the universe. I don't know if y'all have heard of this crazy message. Manifest to the universe. No, we can't make anything happen. We can pray about it. But uh, the Lord alone decides if that's his will. So being deceived, we need to grow up in that area. And also, we need to grow up in the area of speaking without love. Because we make the choice how we speak to people. And we have to understand that we have nothing to prove. So there's no reason for us to have to speak. Ah, hatefully, sarcastically. Oh, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. So another issue that can defeat our purpose is being half-hearted half-hearted devotion like the church in ephesus who had lost the first love or the followers who left jesus in john 6 66 when his teachings became too hard we can lack an excitement we can be lackluster in our service to the lord but we are instructed to love the Lord with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. And when we cannot do that, when we don't do that, then we are half-hearted in our devotion to Him. And that can defeat our purpose. Please understand that as we look at this, 
this is not a condemnation to anyone. This is to understand that if you are at that point, God is calling out to you. He wants to bring you past it. He wants to get you to the place that you are no longer half-hearted, but serving Him with your whole heart and mind and soul and strength. So in just a minute, we're going to be in Acts chapter 5. Now, Luke records a certain occurrence that was descriptive, not necessarily prescriptive. Now, if you do it, that's fine. It's great. But it's not anything that we are required to do. I'll talk about that in just a second. But so often when we see this, there, there are certain, certain movements that say, oh, well, if you're not doing this, then you're not doing right. But again, it was not a command. It was just a description. That the early church had been selling their possessions and giving to the poor. Now, we hear Jesus say that, and, and the, the man came to Jesus, how can I be saved? Well, uh, he said, I've, I've followed all the commandments since the time I was little. What can I do to get the kingdom? And he said, well, sell all you have and give to the poor. And again, that was, that was a descriptive, not necessarily a prescriptive, meaning that it's not every single person that has to sell all their possessions and give to the poor. There are some people who are called to that. There are some people that the Lord says to them, he begins to work on their heart, sell this or this or this, or live with less and, and downsize in order to give out to the poor. And that's great if that is, what some, is something that God has called you to. But again, that, that's, God has not called every single person to that. We should be generous in our giving, but to say that everyone is required to live in a, in a socialist or communal kind of way is not necessarily the the idea that it was given here that's a whole nother thing but anyway in chapter four of acts we are told that the believers had all things in common they were sharing unselfishly with all believers now that is prescriptive we should share unselfishly if if we see a need and we say be ye warmed and filled and best of luck to you then we are we are not living out the love of jesus but we can give what we can no one was lacking because those who had numerous possessions sold them and brought them to the brought the profits thereof to the apostles to distribute out to the poor. And this is an ex, an example, a beautiful idea of the unity that was within the body. That's great. If any of us have a need, then we should make it known. If you need something that that I can provide for you. If, if you have an issue that I can help with, that I can be the answer to your prayers, then make it known that any of us can help with. Please do make it known. There's no shame in lack. But when we lack, oftentimes it's because we don't ask. So if someone is able to meet the need, we should see it as an act of ministry. One such person was Joseph Barnab Barnabas. Excuse me, y'all. I'm... Ooh, I, t I did take an allergy pill, but I'm still yucky. He was a Levite from Cyprus, and his name means son of rest, or some translations call him the son of encouragement. He later ministered with Paul. We hear about Paul and Barnabas doing missionary journeys together. He was one of the believers who had sold a plot of land and gave money to the apostles for church use. We see that in chapter 4, the end of chapter 4, but we're going to look at chapter 5. 
take a look. Beginning with verse 1, we're going to read 1 through 6 to begin. But a certain man. So again, Barnabas has just given the, the money from his land, and he's laid it at the apostles' feet. He's been nicknamed the son of encouragement. And no special parade for, for Barnabas, but, but people are noticing. He's, look at this. This is great. Thank you. This is a great example that you're giving to the church. But then, when a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart, that thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God? And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. So not everyone had the same heart motivation that Barnabas did. Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold something of value. We're not told what it was, if it was a plot of land, if it was a home. We're not told, but it says that they sold a possession. The same language was used here as referring to Barnabas in the previous chapter, so there's no difference between them selling and bringing the, some money. There's no difference between anything that we see in there that we can see in their motivation there's nothing to indicate that these two were less devoted to church than any other believers. They were church attenders. They knew that there was a need. They were known by name to the apostles. They were, pe they were people who knew that this was something that other church members had been doing. It's not like they just walked by the church one day and said you know what we should probably sell one of our possessions and just bring it on in here and give it that's not it wasn't an all of a sudden kind of thing they were part of the church they knew what was going on here obviously they were involved in the congregation since they were aware of this practice of giving to the poor yet they agreed to deceive they kept back and this means apart clandestine or embezzle they decided to keep back to embezzle the price that they had gotten and we are told that this was not just Ananias but also Sapphira was privy to this and the word privy means to see completely she knew exactly what was going on now some, I don't know about y'all some of us ladies might could uh, Mike could claim ignorance with some of the things that her husbands do. Like, I don't know what he was doing. He's, bless his heart. What was, I, exactly, what was he thinking? I don't know. That wasn't me. That was him. But we're told here very specifically that Sapphira was privy to the entire thing. So they had had a discussion. The plan seemed to be that Ananias would bring a lesser amount to the disciples and pocket the rest. So he brought the money to the apostles, acting as though this was all. Herein lies the issue. 
but the truth was revealed. And Peter said to him, Ananias, is this what you got? Yeah, sure. And Peter said to him, why has Satan filled your heart to lie? And this word means to deceive or to speak deliberate falsehood, to keep back or to embezzle the second time that it's used within this chapter. Why has Satan worked on you to, to try to deceive and embezzle the Holy Spirit? He says, before it was sold, it was your possession. You didn't have to do anything with it. And after it was sold, the money was yours. You didn't have to bring any of it. You could have just put it in the bank. That was okay. They didn't have to sell it in the first place because, again, there was no mandate for believers to be required to sell and support. But after they had made the choice to sell, they could have kept some of it or all of it for themselves. The issue was the lying. The issue was the deception. That they made the choice to deceive, and in the end, they only fooled themselves. When he realized the truth of Peter's words, he gave up the ghost. This phrase is only used three times. And only in Acts does it mean to expire, to, to die. So the young man of the church prepared his body for burial and carried him out and buried him. Burying quickly was, the, was a common custom of that day. But it still strikes me, and I, I'm, I looked and researched and read commentary to find out why it was that they would bury him so quickly and that Sapphira wouldn't even know about it. That seemed very odd to me. And as of right now, I have no revelation as to why it is the case. If y'all want to search it out and, and let me know later, that'd be great. That'd be totally fine. Uh, and unless the Lord brings about a revelation between now and the end, I, I still have no idea why they would not even alert her to the fact that her husband had passed. Then we see in verses 7 through 11. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. Again, three hours go by and she has no idea. That, they've all, that her husband has passed and they've wrapped him and buried him already. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much? And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then she then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost and the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her forth buried her by her husband and great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things so three hours later Sapphira came in without realizing what had happened and Peter ask her if the land had been sold for that certain amount that Ananias had brought forth. And it's possible that the money was still sitting there at the feet of the apostles. And as she came in, perhaps he pointed to it. Is this the amount of money that you got? Yeah, of course it is. Of course, yeah. She too claimed that this was the true amount, and Peter asked her how it was that she and Ananias had agreed together. This word here means harmony or accord. 
So all throughout the book of Acts, we see this idea of being in harmony one with another, being in one accord. But in this case, they had agreed to do wrong, to tempt or test the Holy Spirit. And then he predicted that death would come to her also. Behold the feet of those who, who carried out your husband. She fell dead and was buried next to him. Again, the custom required that a person would be buried before sunset on the day that they had died. So they, they took her out, bound her up, and buried her as well. This occurrence caused great fear among the church the ecclesia, the called out ones, and this is the first time that that word is used in the book of Acts. So we see that great fear fell upon those who had been called out by God and among all who heard of this happening. They were in Jerusalem. Certainly they would have heard all throughout the city what was going on. And then we ask, I've heard this ask, I've heard this preach before, well, well what if God kept doing that? Oh, what if God would do that every time somebody lied to the Holy Spirit? So what do we learn from that? If God kept doing that, the church would be better off. Would it? How many of us would still be here? If those times that we tried to fool God, but we're only fooling ourselves. Those times that we came before God half-heartedly. Those times that we came before God withholding. Those times that, that I didn't love him with all my heart and my mind and my soul and my strength. How often would I be able to come before him before he struck me down? If God kept doing this. The church is an organization uh, has spread to all parts of the world. So God may be doing this, but we don't hear much about it. He, he may still be doing it in certain parts of the world. I don't know. Or perhaps we've lost the original intent of the church, giving to the poor, spreading the gospel, operating under the power of the Spirit, being in one accord to the point that we're not in a whole lot of danger anyway because we're not doing what they were intended to do. So as we come before God, is he, He's requiring He's requiring wholeheartedness, but how often are we coming to him with wholeheartedness? Has half-hearted devotion of some defeated their purpose? So how can we avoid half-hearted devotion? The first thing is to check our motivation. Again, this is not to condemn at all, because I'm sure that all of us at some point or another have been half-hearted in our devotion to the Lord, have been half-hearted in the way that we've come before Him. So we have to think about our motivation. People at this time were selling possessions, giving to the poor, but we don't see that, again, that they were making anyone do it. It was part of their heart, that they were seeing needs, and they were saying, I feel like I can meet this need. I feel like I can be one to reach out with the hands of Jesus and give to those who are hurting and struggling, who can't pay their bills or who, who don't have enough food. That was their heart. Barnabas, we see in the, the chapter previous, had sold this, his land and given it to the church, had been called the son of encouragement because he had lifted up so many people by his, by his devotion to the Lord. Here, I, I'm going to give, and it's going to bless and help others. 
So what was the reason that Ananias and Sapphira chose to join in on the donation? I wonder this, because if they were going to hold it back anyway, why would they even sell their property and give it to the church? If they weren't going to be honest about it, if they didn't really want to do it, what was their motivation? Sometimes we do things to look good to others. Sometimes we we do things because we think, oh, if I don't do it, everybody's going to look bad at me. I, I, I understand. I've been there before. Maybe they did want to help, but not as much as they wanted to appear helpful. Maybe they, and I don't know what kind of possession it was. Again, if they had gotten, if they had gotten a thousand dollars from whatever they sold, and they're thinking, all right, well, we could do a whole lot with this thousand dollars. We'd look better. It would look better if we said we only got five hundred. You know, if people find out that we put 500 in our pocket and brought 500 to church, then they're going to think, well, for goodness sake, you're not nearly as good as Barnabas or so-and-so down the road who gave all of it. So we're going to say that this is all we got so that we can look good. You alone know what's going on within your heart. Looking good on the outside is one thing, but on the inside, maybe you're struggling with questioning your devotion. Again, this is not to condemn anyone. If you are at that point, then God wants to speak to you today and bring you into a place of wholeheartedness. If, you're, if any of these things are resonating with you, like, oh, hey, I kind of feel that way sometimes, then maybe God is, is working on you to say, come into a different place. The second thing is be sure that your sin will find you out. Ananias and Sapphira had agreed on a few things. Number one, they had agreed to sell the possession. They both knew that they were selling. They must have talked about it. Number two, they agreed that the price they got was more than they wanted to give to the church. Again, there's no problem with that. You, you pay your tithes and your offerings, but all the other is, is extra, okay? There's, there's nothing wrong with the fact that they didn't want to give $1,000 to the church. The problem was the deception, the attitude of their hearts. The third thing we see is that they agreed to say it was one price, but knew that it was another, that both of them knew it. And this is, we're talking about money right now, but that can be anything, it can be our time. It can be our talent. I know that I'm able to do such and such a thing, but I'm keeping that to myself because <laughs> I don't want to have to do it. I know that I have time to devote and go see somebody at the nursing home. I know that I have that time, but I'm not going to because I don't feel like it. it. Again, money is just the example, but it can be anything within our hearts that we're holding back from God. Anything that we are possessing that God could make useful for his kingdom, when we hold it back, when we reserve it, then we are being half-hearted in our devotion to him. So not only were their lies exposed, but also their misguided insecurity as well. 
it was known to the apostles and all those who were there at the time that they had lied. But also, understanding, just like Peter said, you didn't have to give any of it. Why did you choose to do it this way? He said it was yours to keep or to sell. It was yours. That was your time to use or not use. That was your talent to use or not use. But why did you lie about it? Instead of being honest, they wanted to look good in front of all the other church people. Because God can see our issues. Even if we cannot. (laughs) God sees inside our heart to know that you're holding back oh yeah God I'm completely devoted to you Lord yes I'm I've you and me we're, we're on the same page but God sees inside God sees the things that we cannot see yet and I say yet because the longer you lie to yourself the less you have a grip on reality you may be struggling and you just keep saying I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine and the more you say it <laughs> the more you lose that grip. The more you say, yeah, everything's good. I'm, I'm, yep, no problems at all. Then the farther you get from the the shore. Like, oh yeah, that's where I should be. I just keep drifting away. When I keep trying to fool myself. If you're struggling, just say so. They are both given a chance to admit the truth. What they think was going to happen? He, Peter said to both of them, "Is this what you got? Yeah. You're sure that's what you got? Yeah. That's the whole entire amount. Yeah." And they were struck dead. They were given the opportunity to to confess. They were given an opportunity to show the truth of how they were feeling and what they were dealing with, but they continued to choose to hide it. (sighs) What are you afraid will happen if you just say to God or to a believer that you can trust, my devotion in God is waning. I've had this going on and I'm struggling. What do you think is going to happen? What are you afraid of? that you look at your life and you say I've got stuff going on and I need somebody to pray for me I've got stuff going on God and I need to get back to where I was what are you afraid of because God is there he knows he understands and if it's somebody that you can trust then they're going to pray for you so covering it up pretending but really being half hearted on the inside that's not doing you or anyone any And then the third thing is, do not assume that there is time. Because what benefit was that extra money to them? Think about that. What benefit is my extra time to me when Jesus comes back? What benefit is all that talent that I'm storing up when Jesus comes back? What good is it all to me that I held back from God? What good is it that I held back, that I withheld what God had given me, what he had wanted me to send out to help others? What good is it? None. They died because they deceived. Notice 
that. Did Peter say, oh, you'll now die because you're half-hearted in your giving? Nope. They died because they tried to cover it up. If they had admitted, yeah, we, we wanted back some of it, and then possibly Peter would have said, it, it, okay, that's fine. You give what you can. It's fine. But because they decided to, to cover it up, that was the issue. You may be thinking to yourself, after this deadline at work, after things calm down with my family, after I finish this project, I really get serious about God. Have you ever said that to yourself? Once I have time, yes, I will I'll go to church like I ought to. Once I have time, I will I will start working in this particular area of ministry. Once I have time, I'll I'll send out those cards that I ought to, or I'll call this person that I was meaning to call, or or I'll find out about this need, or I'll volunteer here. Once I have time, I'll do that. But we don't have time. We're never guaranteed how much time we have. We have to use what, what's been given to us. In the meantime, you throw God a prayer now and then and come to church every so often and whatever it may be. Or maybe you're there every time the doors are open. Maybe you are faking it to the point that you look so good on the outside and no one would ever guess that you got hurts going on inside, that you got issues happening, and no one would believe it. No way. And you're afraid of revealing, yeah, I got some struggles going on, but if I'm half-hearted and I stand before God half-hearted and not fixing it, what good has that done me? We are instructed again to love the Lord with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. And anything less is half-hearted devotion and therefore dangerous. It's time. The time has come for each of us. If you're here, if you're watching, if you will be watching later, the time has come for us to live with purpose. Knowing that Jesus is coming soon, knowing that we don't have a lot of time left to live for him and do what he's called us to do, we're grateful, absolutely grateful. But one day we're going to stand before him and give an account of the things that we did or didn't do and our concern about everybody else, how we look to everybody. That's going to seem so insignificant when we're standing before God. I hope that we can understand that. That my reluctance to live like I ought to, or my reluctance to admit I've got stuff going on, my reluctance to be as devoted to God as I should be, when I stand before Him, when I see Him face to face, and He says, could you have, could you have, give an encouragement to that person could you have prayed with that family could you have been an answer to prayer for that person I think well God I, I just I wanted to look good in front of these people I didn't want to I didn't want them to think one way or the other about me when I see God face to face it's not going to matter 
We have to stop defeating the purpose. Knowing that whatever God has for us is better than we can possibly realize. So, we must choose to serve Him today with our whole hearts, checking our motivation, understanding that that we'll be found out, that God knows, and to not assume that there's time because we don't know when Jesus is coming back. We got to use all the time we have to live right for Him. As the music plays, um, just understanding that God has a purpose for each of us and that He wants our whole heart. He wants every single part of us, the good and the bad and the ugly. If we could just bring it to Him and let Him sort it out, bring it before Him, cast all our cares down at His feet and say, God, work this out in me. Change me, God. Change me. Help me. It's our cry today. Heavenly Father, I thank You. I thank you for your goodness. Be what you've always been. I thank you for your goodness, that you are only good. Father, that you are the one who sees and knows within our hearts. God, I thank you that you give us opportunity after opportunity, that you are patient with us. I thank you that you are merciful in ways that you keep back things that we deserve, but also that you give us things that we don't deserve, your goodness and salvation and mercy. God, we thank you. We praise you. Father, I just ask now that you would have your will in each and every life. God, for those who are here in person, those who are watching, that you would bring us to a place of wholeheartedness. Father, if there's anything in us that we're holding back from you, anything within us that we're we're trying to keep a cover over, God, I pray that in Jesus' name it would be revealed to you, that you would shine your light into our hearts. Father, if there are places in us that we're not surrendered, I pray that that would change today. God, if there are things that we're we're holding on to and saying, no, God can't have this. If there's anything within us that we're that we are actually saying that, or or that perhaps within our hearts we're saying that, nope, God can't get here. He can have everything else, but he can't have this. God, change us today. Deliver us today, God. God, I pray that you would just shine your light into our hearts, that we would be able to see. God, that we would not deceive ourselves. There's no way to deceive you, but that we would not be able to deceive ourselves. God, show us places that we are not living wholeheartedly. God, whether it's in our our finances, if it's within our talents, if, if it's within our time, whatever it may be, God, show us places that we can be using what you've given us more efficiently, more effectively. God, I just pray for each and every person. God, if there, if those of us who are here are living just 
absolutely 100% wholehearted for you. I thank you for those people, and I pray you would continue to give them help and strength physically, mentally, emotionally, that they would be able to just live devoted for the rest of their lives. God, I, I thank you for their devotion. But if there are any of us who are here watching, who maybe struggle, I pray first that we'll admit it to ourselves and to you. Like, yes, God, I got places that I need to surrender. I pray that you would help us to understand that we don't have a whole lot of time left. That whatever we need to do, we got to hurry up and do it. Like you said to Judas, and whatever thou doest, do quickly. God, we take that in a positive sense. That we don't have a whole lot of time to be effective for you. And we want to do as much as we can, God. God, help us to understand that one day when we stand before you, it won't matter what everybody else thought about us. It won't matter how everybody looked at us. If they thought we were good, if they... If they tried to nickname us sons of encouragement, God, it won't matter. All that'll matter is if you can look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. God, forgive us for those times that other people's opinion mattered more than yours did. God, change us. Change us, God. Reveal purpose within us. God, I pray you would just begin to open up hearts and minds today. God, speak into spirit a purpose. God, that it would be just uncontrollable, that they'd be able to see and be revealed what it is that you have purpose for them to do. God, that you would put it in our hearts, that it would not let us rest until we begin. God, whatever it is that you have planned, you would just keep speaking it, just keep saying it, God, so we can't ignore it. I pray for a holy discontent that we couldn't keep going without devoting ourselves completely to you. God, change us. God, make us passionate about you. God, help us. Help us this morning. Help us, God. God. I want to be tried. Purify me. Say whatever you desire, whatever you want, bring away everything else, God. God, have your will in your life. Have your will in your life. Have your will in your way in us, God. Turn our hearts to you. Heavenly Father, we say over your people today, may Yahweh bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. And may he give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.